0: Okay, hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy and with me as always is the beautiful Julie Duffy right here. And today we have a very special guest with us, our very good friend, Hunter Clark-Fields. Hi, Hunter.
1: Hi, Hunter. All right, Hunter, I'm gonna try
0: to get this right and do a little bit of a bio and please correct me in, in the areas I miss. So Hunter is a mom, she is a parent coach, she is a podcaster, she is an artist, and she is the author of the brand new book, which you need to order as soon as we are done here, called Raising Good Humans A Mindful Guide to Breaking the Cycle of Reactive Parenting and Raising Kind, Confident Kids.
1: Yay!
2: Yay. And it's doing really well on Amazon.
0: Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
2: Congratulations thank you i'm I'm crossing my fingers and begging as many people as I can to leave me an Amazon review. so
0: <laughs> leave Hunter yeah, an Amazon but... review for crying out loud, you guys. Um, so Hunter, I always wonder when when I talk to somebody else who's written a parenting book, why now why Why did you decide this book right now?
2: Well. I mean, for me, I think what I saw, I saw, like, a place I I wanted to contribute to the conversation in this sort of parenting world. And kind of what I saw was that, you know, like, in in sort of the parenting world, there would be all this, like, great advice on, like, how to communicate with your kids, what to do, just respond like this. And always, like, in my head is, like, but before you can do any of those (laughs) things and, like, respond that way, like you have to take care of your reactivity, right? Cause we know from research on the brain that the stress response like cuts, literally bypasses the thoughtful part of the brain. So you can't access new learning. So it's really, really hard to get to that like step one place which is like, just pause and then respond this way. And I'm like, but there's a lot of work there. So the work there is from this, on the mindfulness side, you know what i i had been studying that for a long time since i was a teenager and i knew that was kind of what was needed kind of before that step one but then i also saw like in the mindfulness world they would kind of have this this attitude like well as long as we can just calm down and then everything after that'll be fine but <laughs> that's not true either Thanks. that's not quite enough either like you need what all these like communication skills that people are talking about on this other side so I basically saw that one without the other isn't enough you know mindfulness without skillful compassionate communication is not enough you know, skillful communication, how to respond isn't enough because you have to know how to take care of yourself, how to model and how to reduce your reactivity and and deal with your your biology that we all just inherited to be reactive.
0: Right, right, right. So I think a lot of us, we go to the bookstore, we pick up a parenting book because we have run into a behavior, we're having trouble managing in our kids and we're thinking like, how am I going to make them do something different? What I love about (laughs) your book is from the gun, from the beginning, You talk about, like, here is what you need to do as a parent to become mindful, to get into a space where you can parent effectively. Before we even talk, before I'm going to get anywhere near your child's behavior, we're going to talk about how you manage your own. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's, it's kind of, if you think about it, you know, we're kind of saying like, here, child, you behave in the way that I want to that so that I can feel better. And that's kind of crazy, because we're the ones who have the fully developed brains, and our children don't, you know, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, we have to, and plus, our children are just mimicking us. They're really crap at doing what we say. So they're, they're so much better at doing what we do. And, and that's so much more effective in the long run. So, so yeah, we really need to kind of point that, that turn our awareness back on ourselves. Like, you know, I can't yell at you to be quiet. That's really not going to work very <laughs> right. well. <laughs> Definitely. Right.
1: Definitely. And I love, um, and actually, I went back and I was listening to the last podcast you did with John and reading your book. And I love that you lead with how you struggled you know, how you were, like, just a wreck and in tears and um, how you felt like you messed it up. And I think that's such a gift to, you know, listeners and readers to lead with that, right, to say, I get it. I mess this up all the time because we – even those of us that are all about it and – um it's really important to us you know you can screw it up on the daily right <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah no i mean we have this crazy idea that we're just going to we're just going to be you know we we have these great aspirations i guess is how i would like to say that you know we have these wonderful aspirations i'm going to not be like my parents were i'm going to be like this with my kids and we're going to be close and all these things and we don't realize how strong our habits are, how, how strong those habit energies are, and as we get back into that relationship and, and how it, it, it really takes very conscious, intentional effort to, to transform those habits. And I thought, I mean, I really thought I was going to be, like, an amazing parent. Like, I remember <laughs> <laughs> sitting with this big pregnant belly with my meditation group. I had finally, like, really started a good practice, and i thought oh my gosh she's going to be so calm i'm going to be so amazing this is going to be great like i really had i was really way off base and i and then i was i was failing i was miserable it was so so much harder than i thought it would be and i think i'm like a lot of people like i'm kind of like one of those people that like you know I, i'm you know in that achievement culture i get the good grades i can do the things i can do a lot of stuff and then i was like what's wrong with me? Why am I so crap at this? (laughs) So there was a lot of learning there. And and that's really kind of the, like you say, where I come from. And I really feel like, okay, if I can do this, you can do it too. Cause like, you know, the, these things I study, I I study them because I need them so desperately, not because I'm just like supernaturally amazingly calm and Zen, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So, so how did you marry up the idea of okay, I, I don't, I don't love the way this is going, and if I can bring mindfulness into my parenting, that's going to be the linchpin. That's going to be the thing that's going to that's going to right the ship in a way. You know, like that. That um, I don't know that we'd all draw from that. I think a lot of us would think like. You know what I need? I need to change bedtimes. I need to um, do do something behaviorally different. I don't. Maybe I don't need to think differently. And you're very much about like, nope. I I think you need to find a way to find peace in your in yourself and in your mind somehow.
2: Yeah, I mean. I- I think I, I knew that really clearly, and I was very happy and very lucky um, as a young parent to stumble across our good friends, Todd and Kathy Adams podcast, and I was, I was, like, Shout miserable. <laughs> I was, like, listening to them, and in some ways, my book is very much an answer to, like, well, how? How do you do that? How, how, how? Was my big question, because I was, like, yes, yes, this resonates. I know that I need to create peace in myself. I know I need to do that. I know that... This is, you know, that I'm the only piece of this that I can change. And so yes, we did look at bedtimes and and, and things like that too. But I really saw that, you know, m- me yelling and and then I could see like then when her sister came along and she would say something unskillful to her sister and I thought, Oh, that's what I sound like. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you know, like so that taught me sent me on this whole wave of learning too, you know. So it really was, I I could, for me, it was, my temper was really a big teacher, it was so clear, like, and I'm so happy now, in some ways, and grateful that my first daughter was so intense and challenging, because um, it brought out this incredible temper, and that is an energy from my father, you know, and and that, it was so, um, I couldn't ignore this, I couldn't let this slide, it was something that, I was like, this has to change. This is not okay. So yeah. it really was very, very clear, painfully clear that it was work I needed to do in myself.
1: Wait, can you say, so I want to go back. You said your daughter said something very unskillful. Are mm-hmm. you, tell me, say more about that. Like, what do you mean by that?
2: Oh, yeah. So then, you know, so so the, as I started to like calm down, then I started to realize that I need to work on my lang- language because, You know, so as the the baby sister came along, her, you know, my older daughter is kind of barking orders at her or threatening her or something like that. Like, (laughs) if you don't do this, I'm going to do this or do this now, like really barking these mean, bossy orders at her sister, which has, you know, it's and then I just realized like, oh, that's what I sound like. We don't realize, I think, especially when our kids are little, like really little, you know, it's like. We're barking orders at them all day long, but we don't even realize it because this is just how culturally we speak to kids. Like, put on your shoes, brush your teeth, do this, pick up that, do this, put away these things. And it's like a constant barrage of orders. Like, get over here right now. I hear that all the time. It's so rude. If someone told me to get over here right (laughs) now, I'd be like, what the heck do you want? You know, I mean, it's just, so it was just a wake-up call for me to hear that you know we can't even hear it because it's so normalized in our culture
0: oh yeah for sure It, it really is and you know you bring up yelling it's always interesting so um as a therapist and a coach um with parents oftentimes the thing they want to eliminate most in their household is yelling like that seems to be the big thing we get in these arguments and we yell and um I work a lot with teens and tweens, so they're already a little bit older. This is a little more deeply ingrained. And it's interesting to me always when parents don't recognize the mirroring that's going on, you know, the modeling mm-hmm. that's happening in the moment. And I. so I really appreciate that you linger in your book quite a bit on modeling and that, you know, like, hey, you know, your kids are going to pay attention, just like you were saying, to what you do more than what you say. um, I assume that doesn't just come from your own experience in your home. You see that everywhere, yeah?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... I I think for me, the other example where I see that in everyday life is like the... Certainly, I see in the neighborhood the older siblings like yelling at the younger siblings and telling them what to do and things like that or yelling at them to be quiet. Yeah, I mean, the yelling is like... You know, it was interesting when, when I talked about these like patterns I was observing in myself, I talked about them with my father and we had a really like, um, very, very heart to heart conversation about it. That was really beautiful. And he was, he said to me, he said, you know, I, I think it's amazing. Like my, my father beat me with a strap and I, I didn't do that, but I spanked you And, you know, raged at me, you know, quite yelled. And he's like, and now you're not hitting at that. You're not hitting them. And I thought, wow, like, that's amazing. And that's like not enough for me. I don't want to just be not yelling at that or not hitting them. Like There's there's another there's more steps that we can take and really transform that. I mean, but it was it was really beautiful to kind of have this reflection of like, yeah, like you know, this isn't his fault. This isn't this isn't even his father's and mother's fault. You know, that was normal at the time that you beat a kid with a strap. And and it's just there's these patterns that go on for generations. So it, you know, even if we yell like that, that's not really our fault in a lot of ways. Anyway, I mean, we have to take responsibilities for our actions. But if you think about it, like you don't wake up in the morning and like be like. Well, I think I'm gonna like lose it really badly with my child, like maybe at eight o'clock tonight. You know, you just don't do that. Like you're it's a stress response. Your your body's in fight, fight or fight, flight, or freeze. Your nervous system sees your child as a threat. And if you have a lot of stress in your life, that can be triggered very easily. And you know, this isn't like really a conscious choice that you make, you know. So we have to be Kinder and more compassionate with ourselves and that allows us to make make the changes we want to make, actually.
1: Wait, what do you mean your nervous system sees your child as a threat?
2: Yes. Yes. Well (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. So we you know, we I think we're you know we're wired for survival. We're not wired for happiness. Our brains, oh no. <laughs> <so sad. laughs> you know, I forgot they, to warn
0: you that Julie's very sensitive <laughs> to these things, Hunter. <laughs>
2: it's it's amazing. Like the neuroscientists, the way they talk about it today, you know, like our brains are like Teflon for positive things and like Velcro for negative things. You know, we, we just, it was just so much more important for us to see what was wrong and where that you know, dangerous thing was for us to survive than it was to, you know, be noticing all the positive things in life. And, and so we're very much prone to like, you know, just see if, if your child's yelling at you, if your child's threatening your ability to get out of the house on time and and make your, make your um, income, you know, which is your, your livelihood, like that's your nervous system very rightfully kind of sees that as a threat. So, so as that, that stress response, it's, it's kind of like, it's like on or off, you know, it's not very nuanced. So that, that feeling of those tight, muscles and short breath and that feeling of stress that we all kind of know too well that's our nervous system trying to protect us to help us be like reactive to a threat Got so it. this is what's happening in our bodies I've never thought about it
0: that way Well I, and I have to be honest just listening to you Hunter talk about that I'm thinking my mind is racing through a bunch of families that I see Right now, and and picturing that, and it gives me so much empathy for the parents that I don't always have, because I'm thinking oh, that's interesting. because I actually can see that in real time. I can feel that they fee- that they are uh, super engaged, and um, threat feels like the right word. Um and sometimes that's fear for their child's well being, fear for their lack of control in this area of their lives that's so important to them. And um yeah, that, that feels like the right the right word. You know, like I, I was wondering like, is threat the right word? Is that what we mean? But I think you really do mean, yeah, that's it, threat.
2: Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it's a threat we... to our, our survival, right? As yeah. a as a individual, right? right yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Right. So, so it's not it's not necessarily your fault. That's what I want to say. Like, got it. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. It's not your fault. It's your nervous system. Blame your nerves.
0: <laughs> no, I love that. And I like I love the conversation you had with your dad. Me too. That's so cool because, um, you know, I, I that recognition that that you know even you know beating a child with a strap, which is so unheard of now, and would be here a DCFS call from me. You know, it was the norm a generation ago, and um, and now we can actually talk about like, okay, we, I want to get beyond yelling. And I actually want to get way beyond that. I want a deeper connection with my child. And, um, clearly for you, mindfulness is, is the mode for that. And, um, I love the way, by the way, your book is laid out because it really walks somebody through how to find that in in each exercise. I found myself breathing and my shoulders dropping a little bit. (laughs) And I I was breathing a little bit more deeply, um, do you mind just kind of as a primer telling us, you know, why mindfulness and what what exactly even is that for those of us who aren't really, really aware of it?
2: Sure. Yeah, I know it's kind of a buzzword and you're like, ooh, okay. What, you know, <laughs> Whatever, but...
0: Hunter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's um, So mindfulness is very simple. It's actually the, the, the intentional practice of paying attention to what's happening in the present moment with a sense of kindness and curiosity with an attitude of kindness and curiosity so it's the opposite of being judgmental it's the opposite of like being distracted being racing ahead it's actually resting in the here and the now and what's powerful about that is that it is kind of a it's a brain train training right we kind of train our muscles and this is a way of training our brain and Why you know when I talked about the stress response, why it's so powerful? In a lot of ways, they've done a lot of research on it recent in recent years, and it you know it it helps you sleep better, it reduces anxiety, reduces depression, increases well being, increases clarity of thinking, all of these things. But for parents, and specifically that reactivity piece that I mentioned, the Um, seed of that in the brain is in the brainstem, the earliest evolved part of the brain. And there's like these two little knobs called the amygdalae, And they trigger, you know, they're the like, parts of the brain. (laughs) (laughs) I think
1: mine were flaring this
2: morning, I think. And and they, you know, they cut off, they, they bypass the prefrontal cortex, which is behind your forehead when there's a threat. And the prefrontal cortex is where your higher order thinking is your empathy your verbal ability your problem solving ability all of this like wonderful stuff that you really want to actually parent with is up there and what the cool things about the studies about mindfulness practice and specifically mindfulness meditation so they've shown in, after a course of about eight weeks, um, brain scans show that it actually literally shrinks the gray matter in the amygdala and literally grows thicker, more thick, the gray matter in the prefrontal cortex and makes the connection between those stronger and thicker. So wow. you're literally changing your brain so that you are becoming less reactive. You're building a, a muscle over pra- with practice and time. I need to do that. Um and so can you give us a couple practical
1: examples of what you, of what that looks like like what just like a couple takeaways for parents what what they could try does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Like for me today? <laughs> can you give well, me an example?
2: Well, anything to lower your stress response is good. Like basically, like if it feels good, it's it's generally pretty good for you. That's why people like going to their yoga class or things like that. You know, just taking deep breaths, all that stuff that, that reduces your stress in general. Those are all really good for you. Exercise, sleep, all of those things are all really good for you. And I also encourage us to take it a step further. I mean, I think that there's um, ways to be mindful in everyday life, mindfully walking, mindfully doing dishes and things like that. But in general, we forget those unless we have some kind of formal little practice. And it can look like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I sit in my Lazy Boy, I set a timer for three minutes or I use this a three-minute guided meditation, and I sit and I, and as I breathe in, I feel the way it feels to breathe in, and as I breathe out, I feel what it feels like to breathe out, and you kind of put your attention on, you know, the breath is usually a very common anchor, but for some people that doesn't feel good, so you might put it in the sensations in the body, but you notice it's, it's easy, we can all do that, we can all feel what it feels like to breathe in, and feel what it feels like to breathe out. And where we come into trouble is when we try that after like the third breath, you're pretty much lost in thought. And that's, Normal. That's natural. It doesn't matter how many times you're lost in thought. That's actually a good moment when you realize it, because that's when you're like, that's when you're like pull the bicep, you know, the b- dumbbell up, <laughs> right? Like right. that's when you come back and you say, oh yeah, I was supposed to be doing this meditation thing, and you, you know, you, oh yeah, I'm feeling my breath, and and you with kindness and your curiosity, you come back to the present moment. You realize very quickly you're gonna fail at it, but that's okay. It's you're still getting all the great effects and you can do it. Build that muscle in as little as a three minutes a day, you know, making a regular practice and, and, and it starts to feel good. People tend to increase over time because it feels good and they feel the results in their life.
1: I get it. I get it. Yeah, totally. And, and is there something, um, that you, so I get that you, you do that as a practice in your everyday and it changes your brain and calms you down. How about in the moment? Is there a, is, are there a couple of tips like in the moment of a tantrum or a conflict with your kid or when your kid's pressing your buttons or triggering you
0: or playing Fortnite? One more <laughs> game, mom. One more game, and then we can eat.
2: <laughs> are there? Is there like a couple? No more victory dances. Tip-a-root? Um, <laughs> um so, yeah, so in those moments, then, like, hopefully, you know, you're starting to build that muscle of turning your attention back on yourself. Okay, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? And in those moments, if you're in a reactive state, you're going to, like, notice, like, uh, I'm feeling crappy, you know? And, and so what we want to practice in those moments is um, acknowledging what's happening and starting to reduce our stress response. So, you know, it it's oftentimes we're just like, oh, do the thing, do the thing. And But if we can say, I'm starting to feel really frustrated and annoyed. Mm-hmm. What's really cool about that acknowledgement of what's happening is that it actually just kind of provides some relief for you. I'm starting to feel frustrated and annoyed. It starts to like, it's like a, a mindfulness bell. Okay, something's happening with me. I'm on my way to like losing it mode, Right. So, so then if you can start to recognize earlier on in the path before you were at like totally losing your bananas, then you can say, okay, I'm frustrated. I I need to do something. What, what can I do? I'm going to take that deep, deep, full breath in and out, (sighs) maybe take three of them and then say, okay, what is a skillful, what is a more skillful way to respond to this moment? Maybe I can, I can, (laughs) I can whisper to my child, babe, dinner is ready. This is really important. You stop now. Okay. And it's amazing how they're like, whoa, what's happening when you
0: whisper? This is not what I expected. (laughs) What a gift. First of all, just the breathing moment must be for anybody listening. I (laughs) hope you kind of are taking that in and doing that in real time because I I love that. And I love that as as a kind of. Bringing everything down, bringing all that brain activity down, so you can address your kid in the way you want to, and um, what a, what a powerful approach to life and parenting. Um, there is so I love your book, and I and, and but there there's a spot in the middle that kind of stopped. I think both Julie and yeah. I in our tracks. The, your mindful parent manifesto. So you kind of lay out um, what feel like this set of mantras, any one of which, and there's probably, what, maybe 30 of them in there? Any one of which could be, I think, something that you would pause on and want to kind of like sit with for a while and, and take in. Um, would you be okay if I just shared one and asked for your thoughts Or do you about want to read them? No, there's one in oh, okay, particular. Okay, I, I, want, I want to talk about this one. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. all right. So um, a mindful parent rejects the culture of not good enough. Knowing that when we free ourselves from unnecessary stress and limiting stories, our authentic, peaceful nature shines through. First of all, mm-hmm. that is some beautiful love writing it. right love there. It, love and, it. But but it also, um, that idea of rejecting a culture of not good enough. Do you mind just speaking to that for a moment, Hunter?
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think our whole culture wants us to like think we're not good, good enough. We're in this consumer culture. It's like be not feel not good enough so you can buy our products our pharmaceuticals our foods or whatever and and be distracted and you know I think it's in the whole culture and we really feel especially I think also because we're a very achievement oriented culture we often feel like we're not valuable unless we're doing something unless we're serving others all these different ways but it's so frustrating to me because no one looks at like a a newborn baby and says, Well, you're not worthy of like love and affection until you make something of yourself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you <laughs>
0: right, know right,
2: right. we're all we all have this inherent value and in and in what I'm talking about in that sentence is that, you know, our authentic, peaceful nature. We have all this we have a lot of unnecessary stress. We we push ourselves to move very fast. Um and we tell ourselves we know these are habits. We tell ourselves stories that we're unless we do all these things that then then we're not we're not worthy or, you know, And, and that's just simply not true. They're just unhelpful thoughts that are driving our life. And as we start to practice more mindfulness, we can start to see them as like, oh, look at this thought that I've been living with. I didn't even realize it. You know, we can start to see that and and the idea of our authentic peaceful nature i really do believe that you know within every one of us there's a a center of peacefulness when we can rest when we can start to be be present when we can start to observe others that that inner peacefulness that inner compassion starts to shine through but we've add so much stress onto our mm-hmm. lives we add so much um, so so many layers of Uh, of should and you know go and do that that really hinders us from being able to live from that that center of peace I think
0: definitely and
1: you're talking about parents but also (laughs) right but also you know we talk a lot about you know that kids we want to approach our kids from a place that they're Perfect. They're good enough just the way they are. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talk a lot about that too. So yeah, it goes both ways. Um, And and
2: back to back to modeling though, because they're gonna they're gonna absorb your inner voice. Like you know, um, my mom. I love my mom. She's amazing. I love both my parents, but my mom. You know, she absorbed a lot of body image stuff from our culture, and I remember her looking in the mirror and telling herself, "I'm so ugly." And, it, you know, and just observing that. And lo and behold, what did I do when I was in my 20s? I looked in the mirror and I told myself how ugly I was. And it's like, this is, you can't live with a person Wait, in you the heard house. her actually say that? Yeah, I heard wow. her say that. I remember
1: one of the most, like, heartbreaking things I ever heard my sister-in-law told me that when she was little, you know, she thought her mom was, walked on water and was so beautiful, and she was, and she, um, you know, her mom said something about I'm not thin enough or I'm not good enough, and she thought as a little girl, I literally have goosebumps, if my mom's not good enough, how will I ever be, you know, because she Mm -hmm. thought she was perfection, and that, Mm -hmm. I, I remember that story, that kind of, yeah, that's, so that, just kind of highlights your point.
2: Yeah, oh. I mean, it's just so sad. Like we just absorb these messages. So you're not going to live, you know, your kids not going to live with you for 18 years and not absorb your inner voice. It's just going to come out some point or the another. Yeah. Well, and that's a phrase I don't want to
0: lose track of, Hunter, because I I honestly have goosebumps, too, that your children, I want want you guys, anybody listening to pause on this for a moment. Your children are going to absorb your inner voice, not the things you say, the things you believe about yourself, about the world, about the future. Your kids are going to know that. They're going to vicariously learn that from you and absorb that. So important, right? So that idea of being kind and gentle to yourself is amped up it's really important because it does demonstrate for your child how to treat yourself right
1: i agree oh sorry i know i agree that is kind of like heart-stopping and stunning you know we talk a lot about um you know the vibe in your home the vibe you have as parents um like loving your kid where they are but i and and obviously your kid is affected by um the words you say overtly but i but going deeper your kid is affected by your inner voice that is like another like that is another level that that is that's good that that i think will help people um get it even a little bit more you know they know i think people know that the pain they're in that, that a lot of our self-talk is negative. If we, I mean, most of it, our default Mm -hmm. self-talk is negative and you know, that you're, even though if you think it's just to you, it's not like your kids getting it.
2: Yeah. And, and, and also I want to say like changing that isn't so easy either. So if you're, you know, if you are trouble, you know, challenged with a harsh inner critic and inner voice like you're way not alone as julie was saying and um but also like it is you know the beauty of the mindfulness practices is that shows us that we have this neuroplasticity we all do what we practice grows stronger what we practice grows stronger and those those neurons that fire together wire together so as you practice something it became can become stronger so if you practice self-compassion if you practice this it may feel like super weird and totally awkward and completely inauthentic to be like actually I kind of love and accept myself as just like I am like (laughs) I may feel so corny and strange and all you know all that stuff but that's okay everything is weird and we're bad at everything as a beginner (laughs) that's okay it takes just time and practice and we can we can transform that inner voice it's not You know, it's not stuck in you. You can you can change it, and I think it's all of what we're talking about shows us how important it is to change it. It's like healing. You know, I I talk about this idea of like we're we're um, transforming generational patterns, and it's a lot of effing work. (laughs) It's so worth it. You know, like it's so worth it. If we, you know, we need this to give this next generation everything we can because they have so many challenges coming up you know and so if we can do that that work and and plus we do the work kind of in the in the front end it becomes easier and easier over time it's nice it kind of snowballs easier so no i love that and
1: i love the science of that i love you know thinking about it in that regard. I always say, try it as a scientific experiment. I love that there's science, that there's science that says, if you do it, you know, you're, you change your brain. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when I was in coaching school, and there was a teleclass about self-love, and I remember this woman, and she was French, and she was just saying, you don't know, just look in the mirror and say, I love you to yourself, you know, just say good morning, you know, and, and it was just like, oh my God, this is so weird, but, <laughs> because she was saying, we look in the mirror all the time, but we never look into our own eyes. We look at our hair, we look at our skin, but we never look into our own eyes and, and communicate with ourselves and say, I love you. Okay. So it sounded kind of crazy to your point, like, you know, trying things feel weird, but I tried it and I just kind of like looked at myself in the eyes and said, you know, hi. And I got this message right away that was, I feel like you're blowing me off. You know, I was like, whoa. So me saying to me, I feel like you're blowing me off made me treat me like, a friend said that to me, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, my gosh, it really did. And I, I, huh. I can access things like that pretty easily, but I got a really clear message when I s- looked at myself, <laughs> myself said, you're blowing me off. And I reacted like you said it to me or he said it to me. You know, I was like, oh, my God. So anyway, you know, yeah, these things do work, even if they feel weird. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They can be magical.
2: It's powerful. Yeah. And I bet, like, I don't know how many that was some years ago, right, Julie. So I so like, I imagine that practice and that shift of kind of looking at yourself and offering yourself that I mean, that's probably been a profound shift of shift over time for you. Right? Yeah. I mean, when I
1: remember to do it, I yeah, but, you know, it's it is super powerful. You know, the, these things are very powerful if you try them. Um, and yeah, stick with them.
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of create habits, new habits.
0: Yeah, and to your point, Hunter, it's probably the most important thing in parenting, right, is to to be able to um, find that kindness for yourself, find that regard for yourself so that you can have that regard for your child. And to force the latter without the former is folly, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, we have to do both, right? Like it's it's inside out and it's outside in at the same time, right? We don't want to be we can we can work on our language while we're working on our inner self talk. You know, we can we can do those things at the same time. But yeah, it, it we do have to the the thing is we like go like you said in the beginning, like we want to just fix them and and make them yeah. better <laughs> and without ever looking at ourselves or valuing ourselves and stuff like that. And so we have to we have to, we have to, we can do those at the same time. And and it does take some, some attention and some focus and some intention.
0: Definitely. Um, I feel like we could talk for so long. I feel like we have just scratched the surface here. Um, would you come back and talk to us again, Hunter?
2: Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Is there
1: anything else you want to add? Like anything else we've forgotten or that you want to, you know, you want to say as a takeaway? Um, and then also where can people find you?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I want to, um, I want to just think, I, I think what I'd like to say is that, you know, we mentioned that there, what I'm worried about is that, dear listener, you're hearing this and you're saying, oh, crap, I'm screwing up my kid. I'm a mess. And so my kid's gonna be a mess. This is terrible. Um, and, you know, what the work that I present in Raising Good Humans like you just you, you start where you are and you start with what you can do. You know, I had um, this this book comes out of a course, a mindful parenting course that I teach as a, a membership. And I t- taught in person one time, a couple times times. And, and in person, this woman took it with me and she was a grandmother who was watching her six year old child. Mm. And she started to do this work of like working on her doing her mindfulness and working on her self-compassion and then working on those communication skills. And what she said to me, which was so beautiful, was like, you know, I healed my relationship with my adult daughter. And I was like, oh, man, you know, because the thing is, is like, there's it's never too late. Like, well, that's what I want to offer is that it's never too late. You start with wherever you are. You know, you can you can start to heal relationships and heal yourself wherever you are. And it it's never too late. It's always worthwhile because these are the most important things in our life. So so that that's what I would offer. Oh as a, to amen find a thought. To that right. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's amazing. And yeah. to that point too, you know, this work obviously will um affect your, all your relationships, your relationship yeah. with your parents, with your spouse, with your friends, um, like a calmer, more joyful, more present you is just a win-win. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 for everyone. Um, and so to for the second half of your question, everyone can find the book wherever books are sold, hopefully. And uh, and you can find the book and me and the Mindful Mama podcast at mindfulmama.com mentor.com. I'm also an Instagram at mindful mama mentor. That's kind of where I, I hang out. You can go ahead and say hello to me there. Um, and I'd love to hear what your takeaways were from this conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, that's Hunter Clark Clarkfield, you guys. Yeah, uh, follow you. her right now. Buy that book right now. Yeah, um, go buy it. And, and thank you so much, Hunter, for being with us here.
2: And we'll see you Thanks. at the Zen
1: Parenting Conference.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. You can buy the book there. (laughs) Excellent.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Hunter. Uh, Thank you.
2: Bye.